The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. A Monday at 3.30 means one thing. Oh, you know what that is. It's time for the hoot. Uh, Retail sales in Alberta hit a fresh record high in June, smashing the previous record set pre-recession in October 2014. That sounds like great news. But apparently retailers aren't rejoicing. And to find out why, Todd Hirsch, the senior economist at ATB Financial, joins us. Hey, Todd. Hey, guys. How are you? Pretty darn good. Uh, Why isn't this uh, straightforward good news, Todd? Well, I mean, it is good news on one level because it, it does show that Alberta shoppers, they've shaken off a lot of those recession blues. They're out there spending some money again. Over the last 12 months, things have improved. And now we're back at a new record high. So we're back to where we were in 2014. So that's good news on the surface. But for a lot of retailers, it really represents three lost years, almost three years of lost sales. In other words, they are far behind where they thought they would be at this point. So we're really just back to where we were in at the end of 2014. A lot of retailers at that point were seeing retail sales in Alberta growing at about 2% a year. And they might have done some projecting out, thinking 2015, 2016, 2017, that retail sales are going to continue at that same pace. And then, of course, they didn't. They really fell off during the recession. Okay. So we're getting we're back to the levels that we were at. But if you were to draw a straight line, and this, by the way, is not a recommended way to forecast things, but <laughs> if you were to look at the way retail sales had been growing pre-recession, and draw, drew a straight line on a graph, we're about 22% below where we would have been, perhaps, in absence of a recession. So we've got a lot of ground to get caught up on, and that's probably why retailers are still feeling like it's kind of slow out there. Um, so quick question, then I'll really dive into these numbers. Are these numbers uh, adjusted for inflation? Uh, they're not adjusted for inflation or for population growth, but okay. they are adjusted for seasonality. Okay. Um, so my first question would be, and not the one that you, uh, my first question about this would not be the one that you just addressed. Um, you're talking about um, an absence of growth. So yeah, sort of an opportunity cost almost, as opposed to, a, you know, uh, an actual loss in revenue. Or, That's right. Right. Yeah. Um, but my question would be, okay, so if I, and you know, I- unless things have changed from the day I took Economics 101, we like talking about selling widgets or a lemonade stand. So let's let's talk about a lemonade stand for a second. So I've got a lemonade stand that three years ago made $100. Um, and then during the recession, I only made $80. And now I'm making $100 again, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but during that period of time, my costs went up, though. So in the initial $100 phase, my costs were $5.00. And they remained at about $5 during that recession. Uh, but now, with things that have happened, my costs have gone up to 7 So has it also, it, it, would that be another reason that, that retailers are not rejoicing? Because while revenues have returned to previous levels, costs have gone up? That's absolutely true. And it depends on what retailer you're talking about. But certainly, we have seen wages go up over the last uh, three years, especially the minimum wage has gone up. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like insurance costs have gone up. Uh, things like uh, power and, and electricity prices. All of these things are on the expense side of the ledger for the retailers. They saw their revenues go way down. Now they're clawing their way back up. 
but their expenses, if you ask any retailer today, expenses are higher than they were three years ago, but their revenues are now just getting caught up to where they were three years ago. Mm. So, that, I mean, absolutely, that is another reason why a lot of retailers are, are maybe feeling like, yeah, things are at a record high, but I'm barely holding on. You know, and it's interesting because when you talk about retail sales, you're talking about discretionary buying. And whenever discretionary buying starts to recover, it's always a positive sign. But it's not necessarily driven by a statistic. It's driven by a confidence in the consumer that their personal situation is getting better and therefore they have more money to spend or they're willing to risk spending money thinking that they are secure in their employment or or in their own financial situation. But the other side of confidence has to come from the retailer side where retailers are willing to open new outlets or willing to expand or have greater product lines. That's really the recovery that has to take place when it comes to retailing. That's right, and I think a lot of retailers, I mean, if you're at a national level and you're kind of rolling out a a national retail program, you know, you might look at Alberta as a piece of that and roll it out regardless of the recession. But if you're just a, a retailer, a small retailer especially, and you're based in Alberta, and you saw the, the, the recession really chew into uh, that discretionary spending, uh, absolutely, I think you would have put on hold expansion or new hiring or new product lines, anything like that, until you saw more certainty in fact, that uh, retail demand was coming back. And I think it's only recently that retailers are starting to feel that. Hmm. It's a tough one, hey, because obviously on the surface, this is good news. But, you know, you can almost find <laughs> you can almost find the flaw in any good news. Certainly bad news would be if it continued to decline because we would say the recession is not coming to an end. Yeah. The other way you could look at this is that pre-recession, Albertans were spending about 42% more per capita than other Canadians. Now we're spending about 22% more. So we're coming in closer line with other Canadians. You could argue that, well, retail sales before the recession were actually unhealthy. There were maybe too many trucks and too many quads and boats and Mm. fun toys being purchased maybe on borrowed money, maybe on lines of credit. You know what I was just going to say, Todd, because that's the thing, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but I was just going to say every statistic that you look at, and you know this better than I and, and our listeners, I'm sure, that you have to say, well, let's look at this other statistic, though. You have to sort of weigh them up and say, you know, how does this affect that? And maybe this is a possible explanation for this, because mm-hmm. I would be interested to see what the average debt load were per family, right. you know, to say, okay, yeah, you know, discretionary buying is starting to increase, but is it through debt? Because yeah, that could be really bad. Absolutely. And we knew before the recession, Albertans were already at record household debt levels, debt to your income, uh, and that has continued to mm-hmm. grow. So you could argue that, well, you know, for sure retailers are feeling the pinch, and I don't want to make light of that. But you could also say perhaps Albertans are coming back to a more reasonable level of consumption, something mm-hmm. that's more in line with their incomes, more realistic. And maybe not, you know, this idea that, well, I got a raise this year, I got a bonus, and that's only going to increase in the years ahead. I'm going to borrow a bunch of money and buy a bunch of fun toys. You know, I think everyone understands there might have been a little bit of overconsumption. For sure. <laughs> and for the, the downturn. For that matter, consumers could just be tired of waiting. You know, it's, they've wanted to buy that boat for years. They, so we're just going to go do we're it. We're just going to go do it, right? Yeah. 
And there is also what uh, economists identify as pent-up consumer demand. There it is. So at some point, you have to replace the washing machine because it doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. At some point, you have to replace your vehicle because it's getting too costly to to repair or maintain. Uh, at some point, you have to buy new clothes. Although for most Albertans, that's probably not a big, a big problem. But, but it's, it's a pretty big clothes, one for you, though, Todd. I mean, well, let's be honest. That's <laughs> top of the list. <laughs> Leave me out of this. <laughs> I, I, I might be skewing some of those. Yeah, yeah no kidding. Clothes. Todd's like new clothes. What are old clothes? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, pent up consumer demand. You can put off buying certain things for a while, but at a certain point. Regardless of if you're feeling confident about your job or not, you have to actually sort of pull the trigger and, and, and make that purchase. Yeah, and that's the what I really enjoy that's about That's exactly what I told my husband yesterday. Really, I, yes. <laughs> because, you know, think about it. Like, think about, uh, you know, you've mentioned cars and the furnace, and but think about the uh, roof on your house, for example, Ugh. right? Where you just yeah. go, okay, I'm going to put it off for another year. I'm going to put it off for, you know, and there comes a point, as you say, Todd, that you can't put it off anymore. But the other thing that happens is there comes a point at which those who provide that service say, you know what, I've got to kickstart my sales. So their prices start to come down. Down a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know suddenly you get that sale that you didn't get before, but the profit margin's been reduced. So that's what I love about economics. To be honest with you, Ugh. I just oh, sorry I, was that well, out loud? I know, but I just love all the moving pieces <laughs> because if you find an economist uh, uh, who's willing to tell you that this is the exact reason for something, uh, you've found yeah. yourself a fraud. Mm. Absolutely, there's a lot of moving parts. And yeah, one thing affects another thing, and there's lots of angles and ways to look at what's happening. And it's always a reminder: you don't want to look at just one economic indicator in isolation and draw a lot of conclusions. Mm-hmm. you got to look at a lot of things going on. But if you want to sleep tonight, let's just leave it that retail sales are up. Retail sales are up. And, you know, even though they're behind where we thought we, they might be, they have been increasing steadily over the last year. Yeah. Overall, I would, I would take that as a, a pretty good indication sure. that Albertans are feeling better about the economy today. Economists and uh, meteorologists. <laughs> the, the two guys will tell you what's probably going to happen, but it, but hedge their bets on why it might not. Well, they've got satellites and 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 GPS <laughs> to help them out. We don't have anything like that. Yeah, very true. <laughs> Todd, thanks for this. We'll chat next week. Always fun. Thanks, guys. It's 3.51, coming up to the 4 o'clock news. We'll have the latest news headlines, the latest from what's happening uh, in Houston. Mm. There's been, uh, North Korea has fired a missile. Seen that? So we'll have that as well uh, coming up. Eileen will have the very latest uh, on all of that. Plus, we still have these uh, tickets to the Edmonton Comedy Festival. Elvira Kurt, October 13th, the Friday night, uh, one of the Friday night shows, 8 o'clock. There you go. It's part of the Masters series, so that's uh, those uh, Masters series shows feature a single headliner with a couple of opening acts, but it's for those who are fans of that particular comic. That's what the Masters series is about. So I've got an easy trivia question. If you've gone to the festival's website, you'll know the answer. Uh, so give us a call right now, 496-0063, 496-0063. Easy, easy question for you if you've visited atbcomedy.com already, which I know many of you have uh, because we have a little hit meter on there. So it's been getting a lot of hits lately. 496-0063, give us a call. <laughs> Do you know what's uh, gotten the most traction over the weekend is the media challenge? Mm. With the media participants uh, sort of uh, trash-talking each other. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Mm. And, and many of them trash-talking themselves, weirdly enough. Like, I don't know why I'm in this. I won't win. Yeah, well. 
Yeah, no one's really thrilled to be doing it. <laughs> well, they all, I, it's not like I beg them. They all volunteer. Yeah, you do beg well, them. You do beg them. No, Come on. I harass them. You harass them. You it's pressure far them. Different. It's, you know. There's so a the lot media, there. The media challenge, one of four, sorry, five galas that uh, the Abitagabi <laughs> Festival is presenting over the weekend, October 12th to 14th. Tickets on sale on Friday. All right. All right. Who's this? It's James. Hey, this is James. James, how's it going? Have you been to the festival before, James? I have not. This is the first time that I'm in town when it's here, so I'm Perfect. really excited to take it a couple shows. Well, that's why we moved it from Thanksgiving, because we... I always thought that there would be the same number of people coming to town as there would be leaving town, but uh, no, apparently I was wrong. Okay, so James, uh, you heard me talk about the Media Challenge just a second ago. It's one of the five galas at the Edmonton Comedy Festival. Um, This is an easy question if you don't panic and the tickets will be yours, okay? Okay. We have five galas, only, and every one of them has gala on it except for one. So date night gala, for example... Best of the Fest Gala, but one of the galas doesn't say gala, but it's still a gala. Which one is it? Uh, the Media Challenge? Exactly. <laughs> it's simply the Media Challenge. Right. right. There you go. They're oh, yours. That's awesome. Oh, that's great. <laughs> You're going to really enjoy Elvira Kurt, too. Yeah, that's awesome. I've never heard of her, but it sounds like she's... You will, yeah. You know what? And I'll tell you, I'll just say it. She's huge on another government-owned network. (laughs) (laughs) That's who knows her. I see. But you'll be a fan after it, I guarantee it. Oh, that's great. Perfect. Have a good time. James, hold the line. We'll get some more information from you, okay? Great, thanks. Awesome. Enjoy the show. We have tickets to give away all week. Different shows all week. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, you should know that. Do you know, I don't handle all the small details uh, of this thing. I probably did agree to that at some point, and if they have the tickets, I must have probably signed dropped off on them something. Off. There yeah. you go. There you go. Good stuff. Uh, bizarre story. Have you ever lost something mm-hmm. only to find it years later, or maybe a couple months later, but years later in some cases? There was a story just a couple the weeks carrot. ago. Yeah, the engagement ring um, that was lost, and yeah. then it came up wrapped around a, a carrot this year. And G had the best line at the time. I'll give her credit for it again. It was so that was a one carat diamond ring. Yeah. Ah, not bad. Uh, not bad at all. Well, this one, this story also involves an engagement ring. Uh, Nine years ago, this woman, they were vacationing in Italy, went to see some family, her husband's family. That's right. And um, she lost her engagement ring. Yeah, it just, and I don't know if there's a lesson to be learned from any of these stories. It's uh, let's get those engagement rings sized. Because they seem to be slipping off fingers all over the place. Yeah, and insured them. So yeah, this ring just slips off her finger nine years ago outside the family home. And they can't find it. And there's, you know, the sidewalks have cracks in them, and they assume that it's gone down one of these cracks. They look, they can't find it. And then I guess there was a really heavy rainstorm that night. And it's all downhill. It's all downhill, yeah. and, you know, the everything flooded. Uh, so, you know, they just thought, okay, well, it's been washed away. They'll never find it again. They replaced the ring. She got a new one. Got a brand new ring. So maybe this is a conspiracy among No, it's not. Okay. So she just came back. They just they they nine just went over later, 9 right. years later. They go back over there. Um, they're hanging out one night outside of the place. Someone says, "Here, pull up a table, sit with us." Yep. And the husband keeps seeing a flash. Like something just a sparkling. Speck of light. Sparkling, you know, was across the street. Yep. And every time a, a car drove by, caught the light, said, "Oh, I wonder what that is. Wonder what that is." Goes inside, gets a screwdriver, <laughs> yeah. walks across the street, starts poking around inside this crack, and guess what? Boom! Up comes the ring. Nine years later. It, Come on. Perfect shape. Everything's good. The That's wife amazing. The wife didn't even believe. Yeah. Him. 
Thought it he, was a joke. Yeah, he brought it in. Look what I found. She thought perhaps he'd replaced it, gotten a duplicate, mm-hmm. made something. But no, it's the ring, and it's apparently been sitting in a crack outside the family home for nine years. And, you know, just the, uh, never mind the fact that what are the odds that it would sit there for nine years yeah, and yeah. not, you know. But what are the odds he'd happen to be back there sitting outside looking across the street and a headlight would catch it or that something would flicker right. in there and, and, and then he would think oh i'm gonna go get a screwdriver and, and see if, what's down and there and if it's been there for nine years and it's not covered in dirt and right. rock or whatever it is like it yeah. was sparkly well, still enough forever. yeah as long as they're not caked in mud i suppose yeah but it had to be that close to the surface the whole time really or unless i suppose I know. something happened Wiggled that caused around it. Yeah, or something. yeah but Nine years later. So let me ask you if it was insured, and there's no information to this effect, but let's say nine years ago we mm-hmm. got the payout from the insurance company. I have no idea how that works. Well, yeah. Do you have phone the company and say, I found it? I don't know. Probably should. I don't know. Or is there a statute of limitations on that? I have no idea. I don't know either. Would it even cross your mind? Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because my rings are insured, so if, I, ever had Carol's, to, if yeah. I had to deal with it, yeah. I'm going to just be honest with you. I don't think I would. Does that make me a dishonest person? No, no. no. Probably makes you the majority. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm sure that would be more trouble for them to go back and adjust the books. I'm, I'm going to save them that hassle. Have you ever lost something only for it to show up years later? Hmm. Let us know at 6.30, 6.30, the 4 o'clock news straight up. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.